uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to the Out Loud Microsoft Monthly Podcast. It's been a pretty busy time for both myself and my usual expert guest, Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems. Tom, in his role as Microsoft MVP extraordinaire, has been away in Redmond, Washington at the Microsoft MVP Global Summit, and I was away covering Enterprise Connect. During Enterprise Connect, Microsoft announced eight new features for their Microsoft Teams platform, and Tom also has other news about direct routing, so there is loads to get through in this episode. Have a listen. Good morning, Tom. How are you this morning? Hey, good morning, Patrick. I'm good, thanks. A little bit jet-lagged, but mostly back in the zone now. Yeah, I th- I'm still... I don't think I'll ever reach the zone again. I don't know whether I was ever in the zone, to be honest. You've had uh, Enterprise Connect and I had MVP Summit last week, so both travelling, but different places. Yeah, how was MVP Summit? So we should say that's the Microsoft... What, what, what's MVP again, and when do I get my MVP? <laughs> yeah, it's a Most Valuable Professional. So it's like a... A Microsoft kind of award for doing community work, basically. So there's a few, a couple of thousand MVPs across across all their products. And every year they bring us all into Redmond, into the offices to kind of go through all their NDA content and gather feedback and opinions and things. It's a really good week where we get to engage with actual product people about what's going on. Yeah. Oh, well, that's where you get all your insider information from, I suppose. Yeah. Well, the whole week is NDA, so there won't be a lot of uh, a lot of hints from what was in it specifically. But yeah, that's how we get an early heads up on kind of what's going on. And, and really, it's a great time to give feedback of real customers, real experiences. That's the value. Yeah, no, I saw I saw a bit of your stuff on social and all the all the uh, viewers and, and listeners can follow you on social as well and, and see a bit of that look like a really good week. And as you said, I was at Enterprise Connect, which was um, obviously I missed you there. It was, you know, I normally rely on you to provide all. It was a horrible clash because, like, loads, I had loads of friends there that week as well from, you know, Polly and all the vendors, like, you know, all the big players are there. So, yeah, it was a tough call, but uh, yeah, watched all your coverage. So, I got all the key news, right? Yeah, well, that was the end. Well, well, we'll come on to all the Microsoft Teams Enterprise Connect news, but I know, I know there's some other news that we should talk about first in terms of direct routing. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the EC news, because there is a lot, um, direct routing, the kind of on the technical side of the scale, so that is where you bring your own user phone numbers from your carrier into Microsoft Teams. So you've got a contract with AT&T, BT Level 3. That's been around for a long while. What's new is there's now an option called Media Bypass. Um, now, this is named a bit weirdly because it's basically the media is bypassing the cloud service and going direct to the session border controller. So if you've got an any node and audio codes, a ribbon session border controller, you can put that in your office building, your location, and the call media, the audio from the phone call will go direct from the desk, from the phone to that gateway. So it's a nice optimization for certain scenarios, particularly where you've got lots and lots of people in a single space and they're mostly desk-based. It's not necessarily optimal to send their media out to the cloud and then back to the gateway, but it's a, just a new design option. Right, that's what I was. I mean, my as you know, my technical ability is is vast. But so is that the main benefit that you're not, you know, effectively routing something up to the cloud and then back down and then back up again? Uh, absolutely. You think of like say say like a so in London like a canary wolf type scenario, like you've got thousands of people in the building hitting the phones pretty hard. You maybe got twenty percent concurrency or something. It, there's no real benefit in sending their audio out to the cloud, goes to Microsoft's edge of cloud, and then comes back to the gateway. So in that kind of scenario, the optimal route is to send the media from the user direct to the gateway. It's not not applicable for every scenario. Like if I'm out and about around traveling a lot, then actually it makes more sense for my media to go direct to Microsoft in some cases. So it depends on the design scenario, but it's an option we've had on Skype server forever. And it's another one of those tick boxes for now. Teams can do it too. 
And is that immediately available, immediately GA, or is that imminent? Yep. Yeah. No, GA. It's been in. It's been in tap for a while. So we've been running it in a few customers for a while. But it GA'd the same week as EC. It kind of got overshadowed with all the uh, all the flashy news. But it's a, a bit of a technical news that's important from a, a voice design point of view. Yeah, absolutely. None, nonetheless, important. But let's. I mean, let's not wait any longer. Let's go. Nah, on to get on to the flashy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I did an interview uh, with uh, general manager for Office 365, Laurie Wright. I always like to plug my big interview, so you can see that on the on the uctoday.com website and i spoke to her about microsoft so it's coming up it's about the two-year anniversary of the global launch of teams i think yep yeah so they launched on on ec so the the ga so yeah two years almost exactly um which is pretty a pretty short period of time it feels like it's been a lot longer in terms of the amount of features and where we are and the usage i think they announced over you know half a million active customers that's not seats that's individual enterprises using teams in some form or another yeah absolutely yeah that, that's what we are so five hundred thousand organizations using teams 95 91 percent of the fortune 100 is it or yeah, yeah. They're, they're, i'm really i'm really curious who the nine are it's 91 of the fortune 100 i feel like there's a task for somebody to work out who are the nine Google must be in there somewhere, so that's one of them probably. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably yeah. That's, there's, probably, there's probably a process of elimination there we can use in terms of tech companies yeah. that be in the list that might not be using the Microsoft platform. But as well as the astonishing growth numbers which they revealed, they announced. I mean, lots of people save news for Enterprise Connect, but Microsoft really went the whole log and they announced eight new features. Yeah, yeah, there was a really good keynote from Laurie, and she went through all the latest stuff. And, and these features we're going to talk about, the eight new features are coming anywhere between months and towards the end of the year so it's a bit of a preview of what's coming over this year but yeah i think we should get into the specifics of what was announced yeah absolutely so i mean i think we should start with my personal favorite which i spoke to laurie about which is the customizable video backgrounds yeah yeah so obviously we record this uh, pod and video pod on teams so i'm sure we'll be playing with this feature at some point so this is uh, at the moment you've got background blur so the ability to blur out the background this is using that same AI technology, but allowing you to overlay or superimpose any picture as a background. It's a pretty popular feature in, in some other platforms that use kind of green screens, but this is not using any kind of green screen. So you can be anywhere. It's using the AI to trace what is your body and then replacing the image on the background. So pretty neat. Yeah, that's that's the big difference. I think uh, Zoom have had it in a while, but as you said, you have to have either a green screen or a blue background. And uh, this makes a big difference. I, I think it effectively the background blur was obviously very popular when that came out but being able to customize your backgrounds people aren't always in a professional environment i mean you, i record this from home and you're recording from somewhere and it's not always the, the background of my messy living room isn't necessarily what someone wants to see when they're on a video meeting yeah exactly it really encourages video use that's the thing like i think it's a bit of a novelty and certainly you'll see all sorts of kind of craziness when it comes out just like you do with any new feature um, but once it settles down i think it'll be like you know corporates will probably have like a preferred background, like, you know, you work for Poly or Yealink or whatever, I'm sure they'll have some nicely logoed up background you can use. And if people are more confident not to worry about their positioning, they're more likely to use video and the engagement's better. So I think it's a win. Yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. Another feature announcement that, that seemed to be really popular was, was, was the captioning. And it, it was sort of, it was marketed at helping, you know, the deaf or hard, but there's a, there's, a, there's a real use case for this generally in terms of captioning meetings. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this has been teased for kind of a few years in the Microsoft space. So we've seen it in various consumer products. We've seen it in live broadcast meetings. So the technology's there, but it's finally at a point where they're going to bring it into genuine just Teams meetings. And like yeah. you say, there's like, there's a, you know, 
hard of hearing accessibility story, which is great, but you can see where this is going. Like if we can do text-based translation and we can do live transcription, you can see how the two will jump together at some point and we'll be able to do live transcriptions translated in Teams meetings, which is really neat as well. Yeah, so I might finally be able to understand what you're saying when it's actively translated. In <laughs> okay, yeah, do you reckon it'll go uh, random technical language to useful explanations or something? <laughs> yes, but if you talk in code, maybe it'll translate it into, you know, understandable English for, for a technical dummy like me. But yeah, so, so that's really interesting. The, the other one that I, I spoke to Laurie about as well was the, was the private channels. And I was reading this on your blog. So, so what's the, this, this is important, isn't it, as well? Yeah, this is huge. Um, from a user demand point of view, it's been the highest rated user voice ask. And Microsoft have a public website where people can vote on features they want, um, which I think is really brave in terms of product development. Just be like, like people can obviously set their ranking and private channels has been a, a one at the top. It's quite tough technically to do because the way Teams was architected is the permission level for who can see what was set at the team level. That was the original intent. And um, what's happened over time is you've had scenarios where like, you know, for example, we have an, an office move team. So you've got logistics in there, you've got IT in there, you've got HR in there for messaging, you've got a few business leaders. But a subset of that team wants to talk about the commercial impact. Now, it's not appropriate for everybody to know how much they're paying the movers, how much this has cost, how much that's cost. So what would happen is people would have to spin up a different team to be like, well, just the key people that need to know this go in there. And that's really tricky and non-scalable because now I've got like, building move everybody and building move finances. So this ability allows you to have a single channel locked down to a subset of the team members, but not just the channel, also the files. So we can have the private conversation and the private Excel sheet, which has all the finances in. And mentally, I know everything about the building move is in that team. But if I'm in the three people that need to know about finances, that's the private channel. So it's still it's still doing the job of consolidating your workflow by keeping it in, in one place. But effectively segregating the information that is private yeah yeah like it's very very common that you have a big project team and then a smaller team you know typically execs or something that need to have access and, and also you might have for example we see some customers have pas or pms create teams and manage joins and leaves and structure but there's a certain people in those teams who have a private conversation that even the pa shouldn't be privy to so that's where private teams again uh, private channels sorry and come in is that the, even though the pa is a team owner they can't get into the private channel unless they've been invited in. Yeah, and, and again, it follows that theme that we're always talking about on the podcast in terms of, and, and you were talking about it before with MVP Summit, you know, Microsoft really do listen to that feedback they get, don't they? And then and then transfer that into feature development. Yeah, yeah, and, and in a very open and transparent way. You put yourselves under a lot of technical pressure if you put in the public domain. You can say anything, what do you want? And then that sets the, sets the timeline for things. That's good. Yeah, and uh, next one up, in terms of the number of people available on the video gallery and the full screen video pinning as well. Yeah, this is another one where like competitive products often have more video on screen. So Zoom is often made a comparison. The Teams today has a, a four by four kind of grid layout. So you can see four active people and they rotate based on activity. And what was previewed at Enterprise Connect is a, uh, a nine person layout. So a three by three kind of grid view which is really nice so still work to do there to get that to ga as i understand it so probably towards the later end of the year but nice to see mike sort of thinking about you know further video use and further video engagement yeah absolutely and in terms of really optimizing that video and meeting experience we come on to probably the, the piece of news that created the most interest i, I would have thought at enterprise connect and, and i think you were saying on social as well which is in terms of some of the 
optimization of whiteboards in meetings. Yeah, this was this just blew up on LinkedIn. So I posted this on LinkedIn. I think it got to like 450 likes in a few days. So clearly there's a lot of uh, people resonating with this feature. And it's quite funny because it's a tr sort of a traditional feature. So it's taking old school analog whiteboards, pointing a commodity webcam at them and capturing the content, but doing some AI magic with it. So this will be for Microsoft Teams rooms. You'll be able to add a second webcam. So you add your you know, Logitech you know, $50, $100 webcam. So we're not talking about million dollar special capture cameras. We're just talking about generic kits. Uh, and the camera that's pointed at the whiteboard, either on a tripod or ceiling mounted, will actually understand the dimensions of the whiteboard, right size it, frame it, capture the writing and kind of enhance the writing. So it will you know, pick up the writing and then it knows when a person is walking in front of the whiteboard and it will basically ghost you so you can still see the content. So a common problem in whiteboard meetings is A, you can't see the content because the whiteboard's in the corner of the room and B, then somebody spends all the time writing and they're directly in front of the content. So with a webcam dedicated to that task, it's really going to make it much easier for remote attendees to engage in that whiteboarding process. No, absolutely. As you said, anyone who's ever done a remote meeting with a whiteboard will probably know the pain of the whiteboard not being framed properly you can't either see or read the content and as you said whoever's you know creating that content probably 80 percent of the time is direct directly blocking the content and and you can see if you if people go to your blog at tomtalks.uk or auto microsoft there's videos of this and we saw it at Laurie's keynote, and it is, uh, it's a really snazzy bit of development. Yeah, on the blog, Microsoft's done some really nice gifts of every single feature, so you can see them being used interactively, which is really neat. And, and um, moving on from the, from the actual capture of whiteboards within meeting rooms, there's also some other developments that, that teams have added around uh, you know, native whiteboards as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny, that was the big feature, and that was kind of connecting traditional whiteboards. But also something you would have you know, thought was earlier in Teams lifecycle is having a true native whiteboard experience, so a digital, you know, right-on-the-screen type whiteboard. There have been options for that for Teams, but they've been plugging in third parties. Now Microsoft are taking their native whiteboard app and embedding it into Teams, essentially. And it has some, you know, neat, again, AI snazzy features. So it can do things like you can draw a grid and it will magically understand you're drawing a grid and it will do clever inking and you can do sticky notes that you can move around. But what's more important, I guess, is Microsoft are settling on a whiteboard, digital whiteboard technology. So they've had various implementations through Skype's lifecycle of different technologies. They've had different technologies on the Surface Hub. This is the same app that's on Teams that is on the Surface Hub, and it's available in Windows 10 to anybody else as well. So suddenly, you're bringing all these different ecosystem options together on a single whiteboard technology, which is nice. Yeah, it's just keeping that continuity there, I suppose. And, and finally, there's also Teams room support for some, some other manufacturers of touchscreens as well. Yeah, this was a huge one. Again, like um, an interesting, I think this really sets Microsoft apart now. So they've teamed up with um, touchscreen vendors. I think Amcor is the one that was announced at the show. Yeah. And you can now connect them to a Microsoft, or now, so when this feature released, I should say, connect them to a Microsoft Teams room system, which essentially is a, a Windows Microsoft room uh, Teams room video device, and they will drive and interact with the touch. So now that digital whiteboard we just talked about, you can use an Amcor display and write on that screen. And, and I had some feedback on LinkedIn. It was like, well, why would Microsoft do this when they've got Surface Hub? But if you think about it, like Surface Hub doesn't hit everybody's budget, doesn't hit every room. So now you've got 
kind of the you know to give a typical example like maybe edu space where a hundred dollar webcam in every lecture hall is is absolutely achievable like we'll go that route we've got traditional whiteboards they're they're digitally enabled now that's great then you've got kind of middle of the road like i can't spend eight ten grand on a digital whiteboard service hub but i can do a three grand amcor display like great you've got that option and then you've got the premium like big time designer exec whatever like a 10 grand screen is appropriate you've got service hub but all through the journey those things are interacting so the the, the whiteboard capture on the low end hundred dollar webcam can capture that content and transpose it onto the whiteboard the middle of the road perfectly valid touch you know device but isn't going to be quite as slick as the you know surface hub and at the high end you've got the surface hub all can be interacting with each other which is really nice yeah, and after, absolutely, you said it all just knits together in terms of the, the price point that people could get. I know there was some feedback and, and rumbling amongst the analysts of Enterprise Connect, wondering how much interactive, you know, digital whiteboard sales would be affected by the by the first iteration in terms of being able to put the camera on the on the traditional whiteboard. So it'd be interesting to see how much that really dents. Yeah, I think it's a really solid use case. Like I, I, I love the service hub, and like I'd, I'd happily have one if someone gave one to me. But like, me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if anybody's listening from Microsoft, we'll definitely record the podcast on them if we get the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but like from a a practicality point of view, whiteboards are incredibly cheap, incredibly reliable, low maintenance, and webcams are complete commodity so i think someone's going to come out with a really nice you know ceiling tile mount webcam kit and suddenly you're into the you know hundred dollars 150 dollars worth of kit plus install and you've lit that up digitally i think that's really exciting yeah absolutely well i think did is that all of the news releases or have i missed anything uh yeah there was one more uh interesting kind of a techie techie one so uh, there was ethical walls or information barriers i don't think it's allowed to be called ethical walls probably for cultural reasons, so Microsoft call it information barriers, but it's the ability to group sets of users and say they can't communicate with each other. Um, so this is like finance, where you have like retail banking and investment, for example, in the same org, they're not allowed to share information. Teams will let you group those different types of users and say there's no teams where these two people can exist or there's no direct chat between these people. It's something that in the server space has been done by third parties. Um, Actions being probably the biggest one, but now it's going to be native in Teams, which is a really nice niche feature, um, probably for certain types of industries. But nice to see it coming in the box. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it's just one. It's one of those sort of compliance area, you know, stick, but not not necessarily the most shiny, but a, a genuine no. use case. And this is where you saw Laurie on your video, which was really good. Was like she was going through the features. She was like, you know, Microsoft Teams is built on Microsoft Secure Cloud, like its security, its compliance, it's all that stuff. This is where we get to inherit some of those benefits of Microsoft as a cloud. It's not just a UC product against the UC product. It's the background of all the DLP and the information barriers and the auditing and all that good stuff that's built into 365 gets inherited by Teams. Good, good plug for my video, Tom. And um, the, the, the viewers and the listeners, you, you can find that, as I said, at uctoday.com if you go in the collaboration section. If you want more updates on on, on any of the new features that Tom, they can find them at your blog, which of course is at tomtalks.uk. And uh, we, we should plug as well, coming up, events coming up over over the next couple of months. Yeah, so the big big next one is uh, UK actually, it's UC Expo, I think for me certainly, like May, uh, I'm speaking on both days of that event. So uh, really looking forward to that one. And that's a good time after EC where some of the dust has settled and we normally get a bit more new news as well. 
Yeah, I think I think April's relatively quiet. I, I mean, I know that you're probably star attraction keynote, aren't you, at uh, UC Expo in May? Uh, yeah, not not quite keynote, but uh, hopefully one day. But uh, definitely, generally, there's usually a good turnout there. So there's a lot of uh, people interested in Microsoft there. So uh, yeah, it's well attended uh, most times. Can you can you give us a little teaser of what you might be talking about, Tom, or is that yet to be prepared in, in the market? Uh, yeah, it's definitely yet to be prepared because, you know, it's cloud speed, so things change. Uh, that's my excuse anyway. Um, no, broadly, it's a, an update on where Teams is actually at. And kind of my approach for UC Expo is usually like a demarketing talk. So I take away all the fluff and I'm like, this is practically what the options are. This is practically what the steps are. If you want to do voice, it's this and this. If you want to do collab, it's this and this. So it's a very down to earth what I'm seeing in the field with customers kind of conversation. Yeah, well, I'm yet to have my invitation to do the double act at UC Expo, but I mean, all, all joking aside. I heard, I heard Rob had a session, so uh, is he not yeah, invited Rob, to that? Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, my colleague Rob Scott did have a session, but I, I'm yet to have mine. But um, all joking aside, I know last year your your talk was was genuinely one of the busiest, and I, I'm not putting that down to the popularity of Teams time. I'm talking about, you know, the draw that you that, that's, that's the way I like to think about it, too. It's not this, uh, you know millions and millions of seat products I'm talking about people are coming for me obviously <laughs> yeah so well that's coming up in May UC Expo and I think people can you know still get tickets and you can find the details on our website at uctoday.com if you go to events but I think now for for this month's update Tom that that probably wraps it up yep yeah I think that's a definitely enough news for one month I'd be interested to hear on the on the comments what people think in terms of those features which is the most interesting so be sure to leave a comment and uh, we'll get back to you but otherwise we'll uh, catch up next month with more news yeah, I mean, I have to vote for the most gimmicky one, which, of course, is customizable backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, I can see us doing the podcasts with uh, different backgrounds. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, UC Today branding all over the back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, as always, Tom, thanks so much for talking me all through it. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Appreciate the time. Big thanks to Tom for covering off the news with me. I realise Skype for Business got a bit neglected in this episode, but there really wasn't much to say on that, as all the exciting announcements were for Microsoft Teams. As usual, if you want any more information on anything we discussed, you can find that at uctoday.com or on Tom's blog, which is at tomtalks.uk. As I mentioned, I would like to point you in the direction of a video interview where I was lucky enough to speak to Laurie Wright, who's Microsoft's General Manager for Office 365, about all of the latest Teams announcements, and I found out which one was her particular favourite. That's it for this month's episode, though. Thanks so much for listening.